Your business is on the runway, ready for takeoff, yet your team is not even making contact. You're exhausted, and the business needs to make more money to stay successful. What do you do next? Welcome to Ask the Coach with professional business coach Oliver Baisner. If you're ready to soar to new heights with your business and be the pilot of your own successful destiny, stay tuned. We're ready to roll. Now, here's your host, Oliver Baisner. Good morning, everyone. Uh, So excited today on our show, we've actually got Dr. Paul White with us. And uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Dr. Paul White, he is the author of The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, The Vibrant Workplace, and um, just uh, very pleased to have you on the show. Welcome, uh, Paul. Thanks, Oliver. I'm glad to be a part. Yeah, and just before we uh, sort of get going, I I do want to do a little bit of, uh, read a little bit of your bio here, because I think I want our listeners to know just about all the accomplishments and everything that you've done. So, uh, Dr. Paul White's a psychologist, author, speaker, consultant who makes work relationships work. He has written articles uh, for and been interviewed by many top media forums and taught around the world. He recently published The Vibrant Workplace, Overcoming the Obstacles to Building a Culture of Appreciation. So I hope we get a chance to talk a little bit about that later. Dr. White is co-author of three books, including The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, written by Dr. Gary Chapman, um, or written with, sorry, Dr. Gary Chapman. And uh, we were talking uh, off air here, and I guess the book is now up to 258,000 copies sold. Is that correct? Yeah, 280,000. Yeah. 280,000. Fantastic. They, um, they've also developed a unique way for organizations to motivate employees that leads to increased job satisfaction, higher employee performance, and enhanced levels of trust. Their online tool, which I have used extensively in my coaching practice, uh, Motivating by Appreciation Inventory, has been taken by over 150,000 employees, and their Appreciation Network tool is used in over 25 countries. Uh, Paul's style has been described as high-energy, world-class expertise built upon Midwestern practicality with the right touch of humor and personal connection. Perfect. That's exactly what we need for the show. So welcome we to the show. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to share a stat that uh, that you had released um, a few years back. And, and just so our listeners know, I'm actually also certified uh, as one of your facilitators for the for the five languages of appreciation in the workplace. And it, it shocked me when I went through my certification that 65% of North Americans say they received no recognition or appreciation in the work. And in the past year, in their past year, and it's 75% of employees who quit their jobs cite lack of appreciation as a key reason for leaving. That's one in five left. Four in five are leaving because they didn't get appreciation. Tell me about right. that. Yeah, you know, it surprised me as well, Oliver. I mean, and I think the key word there is uh, that uh, 65% report that they really haven't received any recognition or uh, uh, positive uh, comments on their work. And, and, and that's sort of hard to believe because about, you know, 90% plus of organizations and companies these days have some form of employee recognition program. But what we found is that you know, it's sort of if you send a gift to somebody by, you know, by mail or whatever and they don't get it, you know, it sort of doesn't matter to the receiver at least because they didn't get it. And um, what we've learned, obviously, over the years is that uh, people feel appreciated in different ways. And so if you send a message, which usually is verbal and it's the starting point in most workplaces, um, but in a way that's not meaningful to the, the recipient, then it, it sort of doesn't really matter. And that can either be... 
that words don't really impact him. I mean, we know that over 50% of the uh, workforce, words is not the primary way that they choose to, uh, that they want to receive appreciation. And secondly, <laughs> most, uh, you know, leaders, supervisors sort of do the, the blast group email kind of thing, you know, way to go team, we met our goals for the quarter. And while that's a good start, uh, you know, it doesn't really sort of hit the mark for the person who stayed, you know, late or worked late last night, you know, making sure the, the numbers got in so the report, you know, was finished. And it really needs to be more individualized than just sort of, you know, to the whole team. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's been my experience as well is, is I've gone into companies uh, who have recognition programs. And, you know, I've even had employees say to me, you know, the last thing I want to do is be called up on stage in front of everybody, right? It, it almost has yeah. the opposite effect of what it should. And I'm sure you're finding yeah. the same thing. Yeah, you know, literally every time that I speak or do training, I ask uh, the the attendees to uh, you know, by raising their hand, let me know how many of them really don't want to go in front of a group to uh, receive recognition or attention. And uh, clearly, 30 to 40 percent, at least, uh, um, of the general population don't want to. Uh, now, it varies group by group. Uh, you know, administrative assistants, it's higher. It's about 60 uh, percent. Librarians, it's 90 percent. Then you wow. have your sort of, you know, your out front, you know, financial insurance salesmen and they're like hey you know bring on the tv and the cameras where is it at and 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 they don't understand that people on their team don't want that and in fact i had a a woman leader who told me that yeah i got employee of the year award and i had to go up front and she said i spent the 15 to 20 minutes prior to getting the award in the bathroom throwing up you know and so you know it's it's not for everybody and um it obviously isn't rewarding uh when they don't want it yeah absolutely so, you know, I know that uh, you and I have talked a little bit in the past about this, and, and I was using, um, because the work really started with a book called The Five Love Languages for Relationships. And right. I remember early on in my, in my coaching practice, I was using the five love languages with my clients. And I said, look, like, you, you just got to get over the word love. Don't worry about the word love, but it's the same five, right? And let's try and figure this out for your team. So how did you get involved in this? And how did you sort of get started and, and then co-author the book with Dr. Gary Chapman? So uh, uh, I'm a psychologist by training. And uh, also, I grew up in the context of a family-owned business. And over a period of years, uh, and sort of living through that life of a family business, uh, some business friends of mine, or business consultants, uh, who were friends of mine, kept running into family issues. Because in the U.S., uh, 85% of all the companies owned are family-owned. And so, uh, I, they, and they kept running into issues, so I started helping them out, you know, helping maybe two brothers or a dad and a son-in-law get along or whatever. Quickly moved into business succession planning because that's really a big issue in the U.S. as far as who's going to own the business, who's going to run it, and the family issues that are intertwined. And I was actually working with a company in North Carolina um, on those topics, and I walked into the father and CEO's office, and I said, hey, you know, how's the, the transition plan going? He said, it's going well. My son's stepping up. I think, you know, we're going to get there. I walked across the hall, and I asked the son the same question. He said, this is a disaster. It's never going to work. I can't ever please my dad. And my wife and I uh, had been going through the five love languages um, ourselves and found it really helpful. And I thought, you know, I think this could maybe work. So I actually approached Dr. Chapman. It took me a year to get through to him because uh, he was so busy, um, and uh, met with him and sort of pitched the idea. 
And we actually started with uh, our online assessment tool, uh, the Motivating by Appreciation Inventory, and uh, developed that. And I developed some training materials and started using it with uh, small groups and businesses. And then over the next year, uh, wrote the book, and it came out in 2011, and uh, has done well. One of the cool things about it uh, is that since 2014, uh, you know, the book has sold more books every year than the prior year. The uh, the, the average business book sells about 3,000 copies, and uh, about two-thirds of those, 67% of that's in the first 100 days. That's why they have those big launch kinds of things. Right. And, and we're selling we're selling three to 4,000 a month now. Um, and so uh, and it, it grows because I think it's helpful and it, it works, it's practical, and uh, so I'm thankful. It's, 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 uh, it's fun. Excellent. Well, and, and the nice thing to hear is it's gathering steam. It almost sounds like that snowball is running faster down that hill. So that means more and more people are, are starting to take the MBA inventory and more people are getting exposed to this work, which is fantastic because I really believe this changes culture. Tell, tell us about yeah. tell us about that a little bit because I know you you know you've you've gone into some pretty big organizations. Um, you know when I when I originally um, read your bio, you know you've been in companies like NASA and, and Microsoft and, and ExxonMobil and I, I've worked with the federal government here in Canada with some of the work. Like, How have you seen that impact culture overall when, when you go back? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it is really cool and, and what's interesting is that, you know, we started out with very small companies or not-for-profits, schools, uh, hospitals, all of these which we, you know, still work with um, and it's interesting about culture. People tend to think about cultural externally, uh, that, you know, it's something that's out there. When in actuality, culture is the, essentially the result of thousands or tens of thousands of interactions between uh, individuals. And so the way you change culture is you change the individual interactions between people. And the more people that are involved in doing that, then, you know, you have more change. And what we tend to do is go in not, in a top-down kind of way, uh, but usually somebody in the middle, maybe a supervisor or a manager or a division director or something, uh, you know, learns about our work and, and asks me uh, about it. And I'll come in and, you know, do a, a half-day training uh, to whatever group of leaders they have there. And then, we like, you know, because you've, you've gone through, we have an online train-the-trainer course that allows uh, both external consultants as well as internal HR people to be able to be trained to take teams through. And so Miller Coors, we had a group of about 30, 35 leaders that went through it, and then it just went across the whole national organization. Uh, same thing with DirecTV and, and others. So, um, it, And part of it is because w- we really focus on authenticity. It's not about just trying to go through the motions or just trying to look good or look, look like you appreciate somebody. We actually say, yeah. you know, if you don't appreciate somebody, don't do, don't try to fake it. You know, don't blow through it because uh, it tends to not go well. Um, and so, uh, and then, and when people, even people that aren't, you know, super jazzed about it initially, they sort of see how it's going in other departments. They get on board, and and it tends to go from there. So it's it's exciting. It is exciting, and uh, you know, just to, to kind of add to that, you know, there was a division of the federal government here in Canada brought me in, and and um, initially I have a little bit of an intake that I get them to do, and you know, one of the questions I asked their senior leader was, you know, so tell me about the engagement level of your team and how happy are they, and it came back three out of ten, right? That's not good, 
And um, <laughs> yeah, that's not. And in fact, and, that's often how people sort of find us is that they've done you know an employee engagement survey, and, and especially the the like if you use the Gallup twelve or some of the others that have right. questions specific on appreciation, that's almost always one of the lowest ones, and they don't know how to fix it. I mean, they've tried everything else; they've done communication and all this kind of stuff, and so we come in and are able to help move that uh, up the wire and. Uh, and it helps things out in a really practical way. Absolutely. Well, and I can't tell you that, um, you know, they've had me back since then, but uh, that particular division, a year later, you know, I did a follow-up to see where things were at, and they had moved the needle from 3 out of 10 to 7 out of 10 because they actually wow. used some of the tools and, and kept it going, and they were very proud. They walked me around the office and were proud of some of the things they were doing to keep appreciation going. And, I mean, that's significant. That's more than a double increase, right? So that's yeah, the yeah. impact that this work is having, and I'm sure you're seeing the same kind of results. So um, what do you say to those people out there that are listening saying, ah, I don't know, sounds a little bit fluffy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I'm a psychologist, and, you know, we're, we're always accused <laughs> of just trying to make people feel better and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there's an aspect that, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if people enjoyed their work more and all that um, and get along better, I mean, and that ha- does happen. But, in fact, I just finished uh, an updated version of our, our Five Languages of Appreciation book that's going to come out in January 2019 and reviewed the research, and it's huge. I mean, if you are a, a financial business leader, measure stuff, it, the, the evidence is overwhelming because Gallup, for example, interviewed a million people across the world, employees and managers, and uh for team members to feel appreciated was one of the top core factors to increase employee engagement, uh, which then increases uh, business functioning. We know that when people, when staff, whether it's frontline staff, supervisors, managers, whatever, when they feel valued and appreciated, lots of good things happen. One is tardiness and absenteeism decreases. Um, we know that people follow policies and procedures more, uh, that uh, there's less internal conflict, there's uh, managers actually enjoy their work more. Your customer service ratings go up. Uh, your employee engagement ratings clearly go up. Um, and peop- uh, teams and groups that have higher levels of uh, team members feeling valued and appreciated way outperform um, those that don't. And so, and in fact, I mean, Lencioni's, Patrick Lencioni's book, The Advantage, essentially uh, confirms this. And I mean that when... Uh, you, the relationships with an organization are going well. You're going to outperform your competition and and actually even make uh, more profit. So uh, there's, you know, whether they believe it or not, the facts are there. Um, and we've got on our website, it's appreciationatwork.com, and it's the word at appreciationatwork.com. We've got all kinds of you know testimonials from small business owners to hospitals, schools, big. Big people. I mean, we're working with Microsoft uh, in certain divisions, and so uh, it, it makes a difference. I agree. You know, and as you know, I'm, I'm fully committed, and and I've seen the results. Not only you know is it not fluffy, people make more money. That's the bottom line, right? Yeah. And so, um, well, what you know, happens it, is is that the team functions better, right? I mean, if you take away, uh, you know, if you reduce absenteeism. And tardiness. If you reduce conflict over stupid little things that you know doesn't need to happen, if people get along better and are less easily offended, 
if your customers then feel like they're being paid attention to better, I mean, it just flows naturally that, you know, you're going to be more productive and get things done better and, uh, and make more money if that's your goal. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so um, we're going to take a quick break here. I just want to remind our listeners that uh, we are live right now. So if you have any questions for uh, Dr. White or myself, uh, the number is one 472 5790 That's one 472 5790 to call in with your questions. And um, also, uh, when we come back, I'd like to dig into what those five languages are. So uh, stay with us because uh, we'll break it down as to what the five different uh, appreciation languages in the workplace are. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit SonicCoaching.com today. Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at SonicCoaching.com. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance and with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. Voice America Business Network the bottom line in business. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. And we're back. Uh, for those of you just joining us, I'm uh, with Dr. Paul White today, author of The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. And uh, we've just been uh, reviewing, you know, just some examples and statistics on, on why appreciation is needed at work, uh, the significant impact that it does have by, by taking this into the workplace. Not only do your people feel better, but the bottom line is you end up um, increasing productivity, which ultimately results in increased profits. So, 
Dr. White, um, I do want to move into the next piece, which is let's let's let our listeners hear a little bit about what the five appreciation languages are. How do they figure out exactly which language is theirs? And the question I have for you, if I have, because we know the book originally that was was sort of the predecessor to your book was the five la- uh, the five love languages. If I have my five love languages figured out, does that mean I've got my five appreciation languages figured out? Yeah, great, great question. Yeah, let's so let's name them first. First is words of affirmation. Second is quality time. Third is acts of service. Fourth is tangible gifts, and then last, believe it or not, is physical touch. And they were uh, discovered uh, over a period of uh, twenty years by Dr. Chapman in personal relationships, but they look different, you know, in the workplace. So, words of affirmation, uh, you know, uh, as we mentioned before, we've had 150,000 people take our inventory, and so we've got a pretty good base of, you know, what people say they want. And um, words is is the most common, but it's less than. 50%. So over 50% of the workforce want a different uh, appreciation shown differently than just in words. But words is, you know, saying a compliment <laughs> or sending an email uh, with a thanks. The, the key for w- words to work is, first of all, it needs to be very specific. It's not, uh, we do a poll, we've got 100,000 plus people on a newsletter list, and we ask them to give feedback. And we asked about what kind of appreciation don't you like? And one of the top comments was they don't like to hear good job. And the reason is it's just too broad and vague and generic, and anybody could say it, and, and I've had technical people say, well, my boss wouldn't know if I was doing a good job or not because they're not a technician, you know, they're a manager. And so right. uh, you need to be specific, and, and we sort of have a three-point way of giving an effective compliment. When you use a person's name, we like to hear our names, and if you're writing it, make sure you spell their name correctly. Secondly, tell specifically what you value about what they did or who they are. So it might be, you know, Stephanie, thanks for getting here, you know, virtually every day on time or early and making sure the office is open and ready to go. And then the third part is why that's important, either to you or to the company or to your clientele. And so, Stephanie, thanks for getting here dependably either early or on time every day to open up the office. That way I don't have to worry about if a client, you know, shows up or calls, uh, whether we've got somebody to, to you know, uh, serve them. And so, you know, making it specific is, is critical uh, versus, you know, just sort of the global kind of thing. And it can be oral. It can be in writing. The, the other part, sort of like you mentioned, Oliver, is that, you know, if you do it in front of a large, large group, some people don't like that. And so we actually created this inventory, and it comes with our book, uh, a code for taking it, um, that not only identifies the language that people like, but also the specific action. So uh, some people like, you know, to be complimented in front of others, maybe even just their team. Others uh, don't mind in front of a large group. Others just, it's like, you know, just keep it private. Um, and so we're able to identify so uh, for each person the specific action so you don't, first of all, you know, sort of you know, step on a bomb and then make it worse, um, but also see so you hit the mark. And that's really one of the issues for us is we want to help make people both effective and efficient in the ways that they communicate appreciation. So words is the first one. Uh, quality time is the second language. And quality time really breaks down into two major uh, sort of groups. So, uh, in the past, you know, people would want time with their supervisor and manager and be able to t- 
talk with them or ask questions and learn. And that's still the case to a large degree, but for younger employees, it's less the case than it used to be that they really like hanging out with their friends, uh, doing things collegially. So just because you're a team member has quality time doesn't mean they want time with you. <laughs> um, and sometimes managers confuse that. Um, and so, again, we can find out what kind of time they want. Uh, and some people like to, you know, hang out and go to lunch together with their friends or maybe even get together and uh, watch a sporting event. Um, but we also allow them to choose what action from whom. So they may want to get together and watch the World Cup, uh, but they're not, it may feel uncomfortable with a supervisor coming, so they can identify that. And uh, time is, is uh, you know, huge. It's about uh, 26% of the workforce uh, choose time. And for them, you know, it's, uh, for some of them at least, it's, you know, uh, words are cheap. You know, don't tell me you, uh, you know, believe in me, uh, but show me. Um, and and uh, for a lot of people, though, it needs to be focused attention. It's that it's not just the sort of collegial hanging out, but they really want your attention to be able to ask you questions, get input. And so if you're talking to them and you're doing something else on your computer or on your phone or whatever, that really it becomes a negative to them because it feels like they're not important to you. Well, and you're not so, you're not giving them your undivided attention at that point either, right? And absolutely. so if I'm ta- if I'm tapping away on my laptop and talking to you at the same time, I'm not really spending time with you. It's not quality time anyway. Now, exactly. is there a difference in um, between the genders? You know, men versus no. women. You know, it's it's fascinating to me that <laughs> it is it's it's not it's they're almost exactly equal across the languages as far as what language of appreciation. Uh, men and women prefer, and now the the specific actions may differ uh, because women do tend to like more one on one uh, focused attention, whereas guys tend to build relationships shoulder to shoulder, and they do things together and talk while they're doing it. So the specific sort of action within the language uh, can differ, but the frequency uh, across genders is is uh, essentially equivalent. It's it's been amazing to me actually. That's fascinating. So what's our yes. what's our third language? So the third one is acts of service. And acts of service, it's not you know rescuing a low performing uh, colleague where you you know have to go in and rescue them. It's really small things that uh, can make their day or week go better. And I think the easiest context is to think about those times when you're working on a time deadline project and you're just pushing to get it done and it's it's screaming at you. And it's what could somebody do to help make that go better for you? I mean, whether that's bringing in lunch so you can keep going on it or maybe uh, offload some other less, you know, important kinds of things um, and let you handle that. Maybe, you know, uh, manage phone calls or not interrupt them. Make sure, you know, they uh, can stay focused. Uh, could be you know, delegate part of the task and, you know, that they go and collate, you know, print and collate this part while you're finishing it out, you know. So it's it's that kind of thing. And access services is a very important one. It's about 22% of the, the general population. But for these people, I mean, I had a CEO tell me, he said, you know, my language is get her done. He said, don't tell me, don't give me anything, you know, just help me get stuff done and I'll know you're on my team. And uh, it can be very meaningful. And the flip side of it is if you just throw words at these people and don't help them out when they need help, uh, it can really become a negative for them. So 
acts of service is is uh, a solid one, and then you have uh, tangible gifts. Now, just our, before we just sorry, yeah. just before we go to tangible gifts, you know, acts of service is an interesting one. It's my number one uh, in oh, the wow. workplace. Okay. And so, you know, when, when my assistant comes in and says, you know, I see you've got a lot going on on your desk and, you know, is there something I can help you or take off your desk? I mean, I feel like, like a million dollars. Like, really, right. she could have given me a million dollars and I wouldn't have felt any better, right? Because right. now there's that relief, you know, I feel valued. And so, um, you know, acts of service, you know, is one that resonates with me. This is also the time where often when I'm, I'm working with companies, I remind them that this is not the time where you go in and now you're going to teach someone how to do it better, right? Exactly. So if, if, you're, yeah. if you're going in to help them for an hour, um, you've got an hour of time, you know, they really want you to do it their way at that point. And, it's, it, you know, this isn't the time where you're going to teach and coach and train. You know, even if it's me with somebody that, that works for me, you know, I'm just going right. to go in and help them, right? Yeah. Would you agree exactly. with that? Yeah, absolutely. You're right on the mark. And the other part about it is, that, you know, it's helpful to define how much you can help them because, I mean, in like volunteer settings where you go and, and you know, help out something, you know, and you're, you wind up, you're the, you look around, you're the only one left, you know, it's sort of like, you know, where do we go? But in the work setting, it's usually like, hey, you know, I got an extra half hour I could stay after work before I got to run some errands or pick up my daughter or whatever. Uh, and if you define it that way, it really helps the other person to know, okay, yeah, they're not ask, you know giving me half a day or whatever. The other thing to note, in, in being in Canada, you would, uh, uh, I think, affirm this, is that culturally in the U.S., especially the northern U.S. and in Canada, when if you ask somebody if there's something you do to help, their first answer is always no. They're like, no, I'm good to go. Okay, so you sort of have to push through that and say, no, I've got some time and I know you've got a lot to do. I'd be glad to help out. And so you have to understand that you have to sort of push through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so true, right? Because because lots of times people could be dying, right, with p- piles on their desk and and buried in emails, and no, I'm good, right? Well, you know, they're not good, but exactly. as you say, yeah. sometimes you have to kind of go beyond that first. You know, I'm okay when they're really not okay, because you'll know, right? You'll know by just looking at you know how they're performing and and what's going on around their office, right? Absolutely, yep. Now, tangible gifts is one that I've personally found not to be a big one in the workplace. Now, what are the stats? And, and let's talk about that one a little bit. Well, it's an interesting one because, uh, and let me define it first. It, it's not bonuses. It's not, you know, uh, raises and that kind of stuff. That's part of your employment contract. But it's a small thing. So you're not, you're not saying, you know, everybody doesn't get a bonus this year. That's not what we're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah, we're not saying that. Okay. It's just small things to show that you, you – you're getting to know your colleagues. But what's interesting is that employee recognition programs largely focus on this, and they're giving stuff away all the time. But only 6% of the uh, workforce say that tangible gifts is really the way they want to be shown appreciation. So I think companies and organizations are wasting a ton of money, especially, and I'll just, uh, you know, I'm a Midwestern, I'm just going to shoot it straight. These programs where you can earn points by peer recognition stuff, and then you take the points and go to a catalog and, you know, get your, your gift, it's okay, but you know what? It's sort of it doesn't. It's not personal at all. I mean, no, because it, one, you know, it's sort of like picking out your own Christmas present. You open it up and say, "Oh, Paul, how did you know what I wanted?" You know, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's it just and it doesn't cost the person anything, right? I mean, uh, and so I think it's just um, a tremendous waste of time and energy and, and probably money in a lot of ways. But tangible gifts for us are small things like. 
let's say you know somebody, you know, likes, I don't know, the pumpkin spice kind of coffee that comes around Thanksgiving, and you bring that in, or um, that they are a, um, let's see, where do you live, Oliver? You live in Calgary, right? I'm in Calgary, yes. So, and what's the hockey team there? Calgary Flames. All right, so Calgary Flames. So let's say we, we know that you're a Flames fan, you know, and so we get you, you know, the NHL preseason magazine when the season's coming up, um, and it, just because you say, hey, I know you like the Flames and th- thought you'd like this, you know. Uh, or it could be that you know that they like cashews, and you say, hey, I was at the store, and I, I you know, I thought about, you know, I thought you might enjoy, you know, snack on these. So it's it's not a a big deal. The ones that I, I find really most helpful are magazines about people's hobbies or like if they're training for a marathon, you get them a running thing on how to stretch or whatever and say, hey, I know you're, you're working on this and thought you might enjoy it. And this is really the case where it's the thought that counts. It's not the amount of money. It's not like you're buying on a flat screen TV. You know, it's right. And especially, I don't know if Canada's in the government settings, uh, they have these kind of limits, but the U.S. and other Absolutely. Know, local state governments, you know, it's, it's yeah, I found out this last week because I was at the Centers for Disease Control. It's still five bucks that you get, you know, and I'm so, okay, so you got to pool it with somebody, you know, to, to be able to, you know, get them something. But it, it's not a big deal, but it's that you you sort of paid attention to what they like. Or another way is, let's say you're having um, pizza in for lunch. You make sure and find out what kind of pizza different people like and get at least half a pizza for that if they like the Hawaiian kind or all meat or whatever. So it, it's it's that whole thing about, you know, showing appreciation for them as a person, not just productivity. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and you know, when we talk about that five bucks, you know, I, I've got a great story to share because, you know, quite a few years back I had an assistant that worked for me. And uh, Shannon loved, and, uh, loved the Tim Hortons double-double. Those of you that aren't in Canada, Tim Hortons is kind of uh, – you know the the big coffee place here in in Canada, and and that's you know I, I hate to say it this way, but it's almost like a religion in this country. And you probably know this, Paul, from you know when you've been in Canada, everybody mm-hmm. goes to Tim Hortons. And so I knew that she loved the Tim Hortons coffee, uh, and it was a double double, which meant just two cream, two sugar. And so every once in a while, there, I mean, there was one right on the way to work. I would pop in and, and grab her coffee. And these things, I mean, it was under $2, right? And I huh, would you yeah. know, say, hey, I stopped and got you coffee. I mean, she would come out from behind her desk and say, thank you so much. It, again, like I gave her a million dollars, right? Give me right. a big hug, right? And, you know, it was really not the money. It was that I thought of her, right? And tangible gifts were a, a big thing for her. Right, exactly. Yeah, and um, let's finish up the language. But cue me, I want to make sure that we talk about the difference about appreciation and recognition in the sense of performance versus the person. But let, yes. let, let's finish it out. You ready to move to physical touch? Because that's always an interesting one for people. Well, this is the one where, you know, the minute there's HR people in the room, already <laughs> you could just feel the tension, right? So, yeah, let's yeah, talk about exactly. that one. Because HR yeah, people around the world are now probably screaming, going, what do you mean? They're not allowed to touch each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and and we have obviously have to be very sensitive to to those issues. But the, the issue of physical touches we're talking about is really a spontaneous celebration. It's when you finish a product, you know, you, you get a high five or you fix a, a problem together with somebody and you fist bump. Or it could be a congratulatory handshake when you make a sale. Uh, and actually we found that cross-culturally, um, a pat on the back is the most accepted, uh, you know, kind of sort of physical touch. And, and why do we... 
address it? Well, one, because it's there. I mean, at least in a lot of parts of the U.S., it's still there. In New York and New Jersey, I sort of tease it's sort of nodding from the, across the room and saying, hey. Uh, uh, but for others, you know, it happens. And so let's just affirm it. Um, and secondly, I mean, Dr. Chapman, who's uh, studied um, anthropology, said, I don't want to f- affirm or create touchless society even in the workplace because it's not healthy. I mean, appropriate physical touch can be very meaningful between the right people at the right time in the right way. Um, and so it, it's, it's not a big deal in the sense of it's, it's like less than 1% of the population's primary language, but I, I think it's helpful to address it uh, nonetheless. And, and you know, it, it, it is weird if you, you, know, you go to a high five and somebody says, well, I can't touch you, you know, <laughs> you know it just it, it creates some weirdness, so. Well, and of course, there's also, uh, you know, religious nuances, right? Um, and so, um, you know, I, I was uh, doing a talk at the Muslim Chamber here in Calgary a few years ago, and one of the young ladies there said, sorry, I can't shake your hand. And, and so, you know, she explained to me why that was, and, and of course, that's perfectly understandable, right? Um, yeah, yet, we go, to, we go to the other part of the Canada here in Quebec, province of Quebec, uh, where when I used to yep. travel there, it's customary to kiss on both cheeks. It's really more just a touch on both cheeks. But, right. um, you know, that's how they greet each other. So you have to kind of be aware of the nuances around the world and, and parts of the country as well. Um, we do need to uh, go to break. But when we come back, I do want to dig a little bit deeper, you know, between the difference between recognition and appreciation. So those of you that are listening live, uh, you can call in if you have any questions uh, for Dr. White or myself. Uh, the number is uh, 1-866-472-472. 5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You're listening to Ask the Coach, and we're with Dr. Paul White, uh, author of The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Propelling your business to new heights is easier than you think. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can help provide the right tools you need to get there. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching works with business owners to improve both team and financial performance and with a proven track record of successfully helping owners and leaders turn around negative performance and morale and soar sales and profit performance to new levels. The time is now. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. Visit soniccoaching.com. At Sonic Breakthrough Coaching, we work with business owners and leaders to get the results they need. You can focus on the horizon, break barriers, and navigate change. Stop flying around in circles and get ready to break through to new levels of success. Sonic Coaching has a proven track record of helping entrepreneurs and leaders improve financial performance and success. It's time to turn around negative performance and morale. Instead, let sales soar and take profit performance to new levels. Sonic Breakthrough Coaching can provide the right tools and systems to get you where you want to go. We function as the CEO and executive team's co-pilot. Visit soniccoaching.com. Rise to amazing heights with your team. Join successful business owners and leaders who have let Sonic Breakthrough Coaching pilot them to success. Visit soniccoaching.com today. 
Sonic Coaching, helping good businesses break through to great. We're on the web at soniccoaching.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're tuned in to Ask the Coach with Oliver Baisner. To reach the show today, call us at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Ask the Coach. Uh, Welcome, everyone. If you're just joining us, uh, I'm with uh, Dr. Paul White, author of The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. If you haven't read the book, you need to run out and go get a copy. Uh, You'll get a free uh, inventory as well, so you can take a free assessment and figure out your own language. And the five languages of appreciation are words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, tangible gifts, and physical touch, which we just uh, finished off uh, before the break. Uh, Dr. White, I've got uh, Nicole on hold from Calgary, so why don't we take that call? So, uh, hi, Nicole. How are you this morning? I am doing well. By the way, for our listeners, Nicole is uh, with Missouri Bertied and Associates here in Calgary. She is my accounting uh, firm as well. And uh, Nicole, I know that uh, your team went through the five languages of appreciation in the workplace a few years ago when we uh, we took your team through it. So, um, what's so? How are things going? And um, you know, what's your question for Dr. White? Um, a couple years ago, we we did go through it as a team, which was extremely beneficial to me as a partner of the firm, and I appreciate that. What I'd like to know is how do you keep up with it? Because since those couple years have moved on, our team has changed. How sure, do you sure. change well, with yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Nicole, and, and it's an important one because if we sort of just do it at one point in time and then, you know, time moves on, the, we can obviously lose the effect. So there's a couple things. One is that uh, a number of firms... Uh, have actually included um, taking the motivating by appreciation inventory as part of their onboarding process. And what I've suggested is to sort of wait until people, at least in the states, we have a deal where you sort of have a 90-day probation period, and so that you're, you know, you're waiting. They got enough stuff to try to figure out, you know, and get a, uh, uh, acculturated during that, but it actually becomes sort of a little bit of a reward. It's like, hey, at 90 days, you get to take the, the MBA inventory and find out what your um, language of appreciation are. And then, and as you may know, we have a, a group profile that we can then uh, create for the team. The other part is um, on our w- website, appreciationatwork.com, there's a learn tab, and we've got a whole bunch of articles. I've written over 300 articles on various topics related to this as well as videos that you can get and then share with your team. Um, and then the mm-hmm. Vibrant Workplace is really uh, uh, another part that helps take it deeper because we talk about, you know, uh, busyness. We talk about uh, performance issues. What do you do if somebody's not performing well? Do you still show appreciation to them? What do you do with uh, sort of difficult to appreciate colleagues, people that are sort of grumpy or <laughs> whatever. And so that, that's a helpful resource as well. Um, but either on the website, you know, those free ones as, as well as uh, the Vibrant Workplace, the book, and we have some videos on that. That's perfect. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Thanks very much for the call, Nicole. Or anytime. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So, um, Paul, let's talk about recognition versus appreciation. You know, aren't they the same thing? 
Oh, n- not really. I mean, they can okay. be, they overlap some, but recognition, at least as it's usually used and as, uh, you know, I, th- I think normally is uh, recognition for performance. And usually they're set up to reward uh, people who do well or even exceed goals. And that's fine and good. Um, and, and it's a good thing um, when it's implemented well, designed right and implemented, <laughs> lots of times it's implemented inconsistently. But the problem with that is that, uh, Oliver, I think both you and I would agree that we're people um, in addition to employees, and we're not just producers or work units. And after a while, Absolutely. especially even high-level high uh, performers start to resent that they only hear anything good when they've, you know, exceeded goals. And it's like, you know, you know, am I just this machine? Um, and so we really focus on appreciation. Uh, it's focusing on the person because, and this is how you can deal with performance issues because, you know, the other part about recognition that's a problem is that it tends to only... Uh, affect the top 10 or 15% of a, a group. And it's usually the same 10 or 15% over time, repeatedly. So you've got this big middle group of, let's say, 50 to 60% uh, of workers who are solid people. They show up, they do their, their job. They may not be your stars, but they're, you know, solid. And they don't hear or get anything. And that's where the 79% uh, leaving statistic is important because if you got four out of five people that are going to leave when they don't feel appreciated, you're at risk for losing your, your sort of solid motive group. And so appreciation can focus on things like, you know, I like to work with cheerful people more than grumpy people. And so I kind of say, hey, you know, John, I really, I enjoy your smile. You've got a great laugh and it just helps lighten my day. You know, thanks for that. It's not about his performance. It's just about who he is, you know, or somebody that's, uh, you know, sort of keeps their calm, you know, in a tense situation. I'm, you know, you're in a committee meeting or something and it's getting hot, you know, uh, and there are people who can ramp it up and make it, you know, super dramatic. And then you got other people say, you know, let's just stop and think about this and, and figure it out. It's not going to show up on his performance review, probably, but it's something that's really valuable. And even for low performers, you can focus on aspects that aren't related to work. I mean, you can have somebody that's training for a half marathon and say, man, you know, Ben, I think it's cool that you, uh, you know, have the discipline to, to train for that. And, it, and that starts to build a bridge where you can then talk to them about their performance issues. Or let's say a single mom who is really committed to her kids and say, you know, Leticia, I just I, I am amazed at how committed you are to your kids, and you're just there for them at their different events and all that. And man, that is just awesome. Does it have to do with work? No. no. Is it communicating value and appreciation? Yes. Is it going to impact your work relationship with them? Absolutely. You think they aren't going to, you know, become uh, more motivated and loyal to you if, if you value them as a person? So. It, and I think recognition and appreciation can go hand in hand. It's not an either or, it's a both and. I mean, we don't want to throw performance-based rewards out. We want to make sure they're designed well, but we want to fill in the gaps with appreciation as well. And then, man, you've got a, a really humming organization. I, I totally agree. In fact, I hired a, a gentleman named Dennis years ago um, uh, to do some sales. And uh, when Dennis was working for me, he would be, you know, he lived uh, two and a half hours north of Calgary. He'd still be pretty much the first guy in the office every day, right? And uh, so he would travel travel two and a half hours to get to the office. 
and be the first, pretty much the first guy there. Although I hired him and it was a tough situation because he'd never hit his numbers and didn't hit the KPI. So I couldn't recognize him for that. I could sure mm-hmm. as heck appreciate him for everything else he was doing and the effort he was putting in and how he was going above and beyond. And mm-hmm. so I, I do see recognition and, and appreciation differently, uh, as do you. So, you know, I, I can already hear the leaders and, and the bosses out there listening to us going, oh, my God, you know, so now, I, now I'm responsible to make sure that production's going well, distribution, my team's happy, I got to take care of the HR problems, you know, right. and it goes on and on and on. And now they, now they want me to do all this appreciation with everyone. I don't have enough hours in the day. How, how, do, they, how do they deal with that? Well, and, and you're right on the mark, Oliver, because the number one issue uh, that people bring up about, you know, how can you make this work is busyness, you know, and we address that fully in the vibrant workplace. But I, I can tell you that a couple of things. One is, as a psychologist, you know, I'm supposed to be a specialist in how to help people uh, help them change their own behavior, whether it's individually or groups. And so you got to pay attention to the obstacles and challenges. And so in designing our resources, we know people are busy. You don't, you've got at least two to-do lists, all right? You've got your normal one and then your sort of secondary project one that if you ever have time to get to, we don't want to create a, 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 an appreciation or recognition to-do list. Nobody needs that. What we want right. to do is help you be able to become more effective and efficient by only doing those actions to the people that want them. I mean, you don't need to send an email to everybody because not everybody wants an email. You don't have to go stop by and check in to everybody because not everybody wants that. You don't have to go help out somebody or everybody or give them a gift. You want to find out what it is, not only the language, but the specific action. And that's what the motivating by appreciation inventory is. And by the way, although we give a code for taking it with the book, partly to, you know, um, introduce people to it, you can just go buy a set of codes for your team to take. They don't have to read the book, and then we can help you create a group uh, profile. But the other part about busyness is that we learned that, you know, although initially we focused on managers and supervisors, this is not solely for managers and supervisors. It really works best when we teach team members how to show appreciation to one another so that it's both collegial, you know, among peers as well as supervisors and managers for a couple of reasons. One is that reduces the weight of responsibility on the manager. And secondly, a a lot of people really want to hear from their colleagues more than their supervisors sometimes. Because if you're having a bad day, if we think about encouragement, which is similar to appreciation except that it's focused on the present, if you're having a bad day, who knows first? It's your colleague, you know? And yes. so if they want to encourage you, uh, we want to give them uh, the tools to be able to do that and not wait till, you know, you go talk to your stewards, hey, you know, you need to go talk to Susie because she's really discouraged. You know, it's like everybody can do this. And that's the other cool thing. It's not top down. It's any direction. Because a receptionist can show appreciation to, uh, you know, their uh, boss, or you can, you know, IT, somebody in IT can show appreciation. Let's do it this this way. You know, somebody in accounting can show appreciation for IT because they're keeping their computers going, right? And so it can be across department. It can be, you know, any direction. And that's what's exciting is that uh, it really frees people up at a personal level to be able to communicate appreciation versus sort of an organizational approach that recognition has. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my secondary, and, and they were tied for first, so I had to pick, but my second style is actually, uh, I'm part of that 6% tangible gifts. And, uh, you know, Marty, my last assistant, she she would know when I'm having a tough day. And she, I swear to God, she had some uh, some chocolate bars stashed in her drawer or desk drawer somewhere because she'd have these very unique chocolate bars and she'd pop one on my desk, you know, when I was, you know, finished a tough meeting or came back uh, from, you know, from being off site. And, you know, I just really appreciated that. So appreciation can go up, it can go down and sideways. And so, you know, when, when a leader asks me about that, I go, well, really, this is less heavy lifting for you. Yeah, you have to be part of it and you have to, you know, that genuinely believe that this is going to make a difference in your organization. But everybody appreciating each other is just a powerful thing. Um, now, we've got we've got about uh, three minutes left. So, uh, you know, I, I, I want to make sure our listeners also, um, you know, really uh, learn how they can Take that assessment, right? How do they get a hold of the assessment? Uh, where do they go? And because yeah. um, they might, you know, they might want to do just on, just up for it on their own, even if it's not something that the boss is initiating, right? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And and, and the best place to start in, uh, is just appreciationatwork.com because that's sort of like our major portal, and you'll be able to see stuff about the inventory there, about the books, about training stuff, uh, other resources we have so appreciation at work and it's the word at dot com and then you can go and you know the the codes don't cost much i mean they're 15 bucks for one and if you get 10 or more it dials down to like 13 or something i mean compared to a lot of assessments in the workplace out there that are you know five ten times that um it it and it gives you a uh automatic it takes five or ten minutes online it creates a uh, pdf that you can uh both save print email um, and uh, use again and, and um, we found that people really like it. it's very practical it gives you very practical suggestions and to use it for your team um, and then we have uh, some templates that you can create a group profile and that kind of stuff excellent no that's perfect so that's appreciation at work.com it's not the at symbol it's it's the word at so appreciation at work.com um, and, um, you know, I know that uh, I was sitting with a friend of mine who's uh, been the CEO of several large corporations here in Canada who said to me, oh, I just think that's a whole bunch of, of fluff. And I just want to put that to rest permanently. He says, I don't need any kind of appreciation. You know, so mm -hmm. I had worked for this gentleman a couple of times in my career in the past. And I said, well, hang on. Aren't you the guy that used to come into my office, close the door and vent for 20 minutes? And then at the end mm -hmm. of it. You know, I, I'd say, is there anything I, you know, can help you with or do? He says, no, I'm good now, and you'd leave. And aren't you the same guy who more than once a week, often it was two or three times a week, would say, hey, let's go grab a lunch. And it wasn't a fancy lunch. It was, you know, let's go to the fast mm -hmm. food place across the street. And he says, yeah. And I said, aren't you the same guy who says to me on a regular basis that I need to, you know, block off, you know, I, I can't meet with you on Saturday because I promised that uh, that time with my wife and he said yeah I said so you're not a quality time guy and then he had my full attention so you know if you right. think appreciation doesn't matter to you I think you really need to evaluate kind of how you how you behave especially if you're the leader in an organization so final minute uh, any parting thoughts no I think you're right on I think sometimes people associate appreciation solely with words and clearly not everybody needs words um, and a lot of people don't necessarily need appreciation but they need encouragement I think we all get discouraged and uh, again it's the same kind of actions that can really make a difference and help keep you in there and, and motivated to, to finish the job excellent 
Well, uh, on that note, thank you again, uh, Dr. White, for joining us. Uh, Dr. Paul White, uh, if you haven't read the book, The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace, or his newest book, The Vibrant Workplace, which really talks about the obstacles um, to, to implementing appreciation in your workplace, um, you know, check those books out. Uh, they're, they're easily readily available. Uh, and on next week's show, we're, uh, we've got, uh, I'm really excited, we've got Dr. Ivan Meisner, founder of Business Networking International, who's going to be on the show with us. So um, he'll be, uh, he'll also be a great guy to listen to on how you want to grow your business through networking. So Dr. White, thank you so much. And My I'm, sure, I'm sure we'll talk again in the future. Bye okay, for now. Okay, thanks. Thank you for listening. Ask the Coach with Oliver Basner can be heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a sky-high week.